Hey guys, and welcome back. We are back. Uh, we will endeavour to say we are back a little less than we've been saying recently. Um, unfortunately, it's hard running a podcast sometimes, unless you've done it yourself. It's a little difficult to fit it in within everything else that we're doing. Obviously, George producing YouTube content, me doing the site, and oh yeah, you had a break, didn't you? <laughs> Taking yeah. a break, clickbait title. Um, <laughs> So yeah, it's a little bit difficult sometimes to sort of nail down times. And also, like we were talking about this earlier, the, the content and the topics that we talk about in the podcast, like when, when we're obviously both in off-season, it's almost a little bit monotonous. It's like there's not a lot to talk about. There's not huge changes that are going on. There's not a lot of dietary change. There's not a lot of physique change. Um, obviously, we can have a joke and a laugh, but... There's only so many like wanking into a sock jokes we can make before this <laughs> before this podcast can, becomes like a complete fucking joke. Mm. So um, so yeah, we're, we're we're basically bringing it back now because I start prep this Saturday, so we'll be able to do like a, a weekly update on obviously how I'm getting on. George can ask his own questions, which so we kind of similarly did when when George was in prep. I asked him a few questions. We got a lot of listener questions about his prep, so. Um, very much looking forward to sharing that with you guys and giving you a little bit of more of an in-depth insight into the goings-on of uh, of my fourth my fourth ever prep, and I'm very excited to do it. So, yeah, Georgia boy, let's uh, get into a little bit of uh, an update on where things are at for you. I think the last one we did was with Piad three weeks ago, two three weeks ago now. Wow! So long. It feels longer than that. I don't know why. Yeah. It was. Exactly. It was a popular episode, though. People yeah. like people like listening to big pee ads. Uh, yeah. People tuned in. People listen. Yeah. People expected a fight. People expected a <laughs> pow, 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 pow. but there was uh, there was no fighting involved. Apparently, um, all the fighting is going to go down on stage. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, what, what things what what's things uh, with you at the moment, mate? So all good, all good. Life is very, very good. Um, got the balance now, you know, taking on more clients now. I'm a lot more, I have more availability than I did on contest preps. So that's good. Um, busier than ever, which is nice. Having a balance between spending time with a girlfriend, going to the gym, personal life, you know, just all that type of stuff is in a very good place. Um, I think one of the biggest issues I had when we last spoke is just pissing around with my body weight being you know, mid 160s for too long, like it must have been about, I went up and then come back down, went up, come back down. And I could tell in my gym sessions that it was just constantly going around in a vicious circle. Nothing really was progressing. So over the past like four weeks, I think I've gained probably about a good four or five pounds in, in quite a quite quick rate. Um, and I think now I'm getting to the point of where this is probably, and I mentioned to you earlier, this is where I probably perform my best. I think we all get to a body weight where we feel relatively good relatively healthy um feeling strong and i think that's where you can kind of maximize quite a lot of what you do inside the gym so i'm roughly about 170 pounds now um 171 give or take um depending on what i eat and things like that but relatively good appetite's getting a little bit i mean it's still good but it's a little bit meh like i was looking at my oats the other night and i was just like fucking hell these need to come out and then put granola in the other night i was like that was polished off in seconds. Easy. Like 200 calories for like 45 grams. Something fucking ridiculous like that. Whereas I'm sitting there, oats, I'm just stirring it. I'm just, you know, you look at it and it's just like, nah, this isn't the same anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, a little bit like that at the moment. But generally, getting on what needs to be done, getting my head down, making some very good progress in the gym. Strongest I've ever been in 99 or 95% of the movement. Some movements are a little bit meh at the moment, like, like the deadlift. I've had to take that out and implant the RDL, which I'm doing tomorrow. But no, other than that, good. Life is good. Feeling good. Um, and I just can't wait to keep going, keep building upon this. And then eventually towards the end of the year, go down a different path and you know, expect some big things from there. So yeah, that's what I'm all, I'm all good. Yourself? Yeah, good. Thank you. So I'll ask you a few questions on what you said there in a minute. But yeah, in terms of the last sort of two, three weeks for me... It's been all right. I mean, it's been a bit mixed in the sense that I don't think since my since we recorded that podcast, I don't think I've woken up on a on a day and felt 100%. I felt like moderately, nothing interruptive and nowhere near as bad as I was after we recorded that podcast for like 
you knew how sick I was. Like I sounded like I was going to fucking die. Um, so I was nowhere near as bad as that, but I got like really bad, like flu symptoms that I literally wouldn't, I couldn't have trained. Um, I, I was just sat here all day and it was just wank really. So that was that. And I know a lot, a lot of people are ill at the moment, whether it's Corona or not, but I know a lot of people are sick to probably relate to that. Very, very boring sitting at home, doing nothing, feeling sorry for yourself, but it happens. We all get sick. It's got to get over it, move on. Try not to, to train if you are ridiculously sick because you're just going to pass it to other people. And it, quite frankly, it's annoying. And the thing is, I think the reason why I've caught more crap this year than I ever have before is because I train in a gym where people don't, go, don't stop going if they're sick. Like, they just go. So, like, previously in underground, down in Brighton, if people were sick, they'd stay at home, you know, have a rest day bit of a cold have a rest day so because the gym for them is like not saying that everyone there is like that but most most people are the gym for them is like oh okay i have to go rather than i want to and at ultra flex it's a combination of i have to and i want to because they have to because they want to compete a lot of them want to compete a lot of them want to look better and they want to because they love it so people don't stop going when they're sick and there's a lot of people in there. It's quite a hot, you know, it's like a quite a hot environment. So I think things just lay there and, and people get, people get pretty, pretty, um, pretty sick pretty frequently. So yeah, I've not felt a hundred percent since then really. So, I mean, it's only like my, like I said, it's mild symptoms, but it's just, just annoying. It's just irritating not to feel a hundred percent. And I think partially it's because I'm also, like at the top end of my off season. So I was already feeling like just the tiredness and the lethargicness of just being heavy. Mm-hmm. So the combination of all these factors sort of like, I guess sort of added up. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's just, <clears throat> it's just like a minor annoyance, really. It's not too interruptive and I've still been able to train well. And most sessions have been progressive. There's been somewhere I've turned up and felt like, Ah, like I'm really, really tired and really sort of like groggy and just, just not in it. But this is where I think, because I don't usually need external motivation. Like for me, I can be very motivated to train on my own. I've done, I've done all my preps pretty much training on my own and I always push myself and I've been fine doing that. I can get in my own head and my goals are strong enough for me to be motivated without having someone shout at me because it's actually a good topic because a lot of people will like message me, even my clients, not you, George, don't worry. Um, but a lot of my clients will message me saying, Oh, I, I need my own Cuba. And I'm like, well, yeah, Cuba's fucking awesome. And yeah. Okay, cool. It's, it is nice to have someone saying go fucking again. Like when you're thinking about going for the rep, it's yeah. nice having that sometimes, but you don't need it. You need like, and I think to be able to train hard with someone there you need to first be able to train hard on your own because mm-hmm. a lot of the time when I'm with clients and it's their first time being pushed, I know whether they push hard on their own or not because I'll tell them to go for one more and they're already going for it or they go for another one after I've told them to go for one more. Yeah. So I know they've already like tapped into that level of, of intensity or, or pushing themselves. And uh, so so yeah, I mean, on the days when I am feeling tired and a little bit sorry for myself, it is good to have Jimmy and the boys there because I've shared my like I, I, I shared my thoughts with them. Like we always sort of sit down a little bit before the session, especially me and fucking Jimmy because Cuba's the most awful person in terms of being on time. He will say three o'clock and it's never three o'clock. It's like three thirty, four o'clock. Um, like bless Jimmy, like he's been waiting there like forty-five minutes some days for a fucking session. Um, so, so yeah, so apparently it's not Cuba's fault, but it probably is. Um, so, so yeah, look, um, I chat with Jimmy, I chat with Cuba about like, you know, feeling tired, feeling fatigued. And of course, like they're much heavier bodybuilders than me and they carry much more muscle mass, but we're still all at like a similar place in terms of being at the heaviest we've been in a long time. So it's similar situations and yeah, it's nice to just sort of, have a conversation and have them say, oh, okay, you know, it's pretty normal to feel like this. Don't worry. You know, just, uh, just keep ticking your boxes, keep getting your meals in, go for walks after meals, things like that. 
Um, and yeah, it's, it's helped. It's helped a lot. I think another thing that I, I've I've learned over this off season is that I could maybe be a bit more meticulous with the small things that I could do for recovery. But like Jimmy, for example, he's like the type of person which will just like eat and then go for a nap and then eat and then go for a nap and then eat and go for a nap and then train and then come back and then nap. And then like his day is like built around being the biggest he can possibly be. And I said to him, I was like, I I don't think I could ever do that. I could do it a bit more, Like I could take one nap, but I think you're the same as me, mate. Like I couldn't, I couldn't just do that. Like that couldn't be just my day. Um, because like, I need to be doing something like that drives me and that moves me forwards. That's not just bodybuilding. Like business yep. is, is, is a huge part of obviously what I do. Um, so yeah, I'm sure you agree with that. Very similar to me. I can't, I've never napped throughout the day unless I really, really had to, which is probably once in my life. I'm always thinking, no, there's one thing I could do, you know, there's another thing I could be doing. There's always something I could be editing a video, you know, doing check-ins or, you know, kind of think about post or something. There's something I could always do. Um, and I, I just can't seem to do that because I know it will hinder my sleep at night. Uh, so I, I, I definitely can't do that. And in terms of the, the training partner situation uh, and, and then pushing the intensity, I think that is good and sometimes it's obviously bad. Like I've, you know, trained with Nath and he's told me, go one more, one more, and I'm done one more. He goes, do another one. I'm thinking... I want to fucking injure myself here. So um, it's yeah. great having, you know, Kuba shouting in your ear, going, go again, go again. But sometimes you've got to be in your own boundaries and say, look, you know, I'm going to be smart here. I'm going to train hard, but train smart at the same time because the amount of times I've done something, can I regret it the next day just because and I'm that type of person, unfortunately. If Nathan tells you go for one more, I'm going to go for fucking one more. I'm not going to yeah. tell myself to stop. It's just trying to do that is, is the hardest bit for me. Yeah. Um, I think you you're likely with a training partner to like accumulate so much more fatigue. Um, not just because of the reps that you're doing, like that are maybe beyond failure or force reps or, or a rep that you wouldn't have done on your own, but it's also like the neurological fatigue that you accumulate from just shouting at each other. Like I don't realize the difference until I train on my own. Like yesterday I trained with Danny and I pulled obviously like pretty much matched PBs on deadlifts but because we weren't like shouting at each other or like emitting rage, I came home from the session. I was like, I actually don't feel too smashed. And it showed in my, like my readiness as well, my aura. Mm. So I'm like talking about, I'll talk about that maybe in a bit. Yeah. And um, when I come home from like a leg day with like Cuba and Jimmy, we're like shouting at each other. And I can imagine like Cuba's the worst because he, he, he is like, the craziest training partner he he's relentless he won't he won't stop like motivating or saying like let's go motherfucker like even on fucking like we're finishing with calves and he's like adding a force rep for me on calves he's like one fucking more and i'm like wait we're on fucking calf press but you know like fair play to him he he just loves he just loves working hard um and uh yeah, he definitely instills that within me. He doesn't slack. He's also quite like, <clears throat> it's quite, well, something I've learned about training with them is they are a little bit more auto-regulatory than me. So like, if they feel like one set was enough, they, they, will, they will leave at one set. Whereas I'm always like the type of guy that will just follow the program, never like whatever I feel like. So if, 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 if I do a really good set on squats and I think, mm, maybe I could have just done one set, I don't, if there's two sets on the leg day, I'm doing the two sets, um, which I think is good and bad. Like, obviously the good thing is that your volume will always stay static um, or light or very similar. Mm. Um, but the bad thing is that like on the, on the days where you really should have done less and you should have listened to your body, um, you pay for it. And then the next day, you know, you might see a regression or you're deloading earlier than you think, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Do you think that's something you'll implement? Uh, I, think I'm, experiment? I think I'm going to have to be careful with it in prep because I said to them, I was like, we can't, I, I even said to them at the one, in the one session, I was like, we can't forget volume. Like, not even you guys can, you can't forget volume. So like, if you do a good set, that doesn't mean that we just do one. Um, because let's say, so for example, let's say we, we don't do the back off on a squat. 
um, or a hack squat. <sighs> so let's say we, we, we then lose maybe like for me at the moment, seven plates per side for like 15 would be a back off in the hack. That is a phenomenal amount of leg volume and poundage to lose. It's so much. Like if you work that out on kilograms, that's crazy. It's just such a colossal amount of volume just to, just to just, just, just take away, yeah. you know? So yes, it might, it might be helpful at phases in prep where really we should be bringing down our volume because it seems to be that a lot of people, including me, including you have done the wrong thing in prep. And in, in, instead of reducing volume when recovery capacity drops towards the end and we're, we're losing muscle fullness, we both me and you have done things where we raise volume and we think oh, I've got to protect muscle more volume will do the trick. No, it fucking doesn't. You just get weaker, smaller, flatter, and you look shit. Um, And that is like one of my number one tips. If you listen to this and you're prepping this year, you're doing one of your first preps, you're doing your prep yourself. Do not add volume during your prep. Just not like you're not as a natural. You're realistically not growing, not growing really at, at, at really any stage. You may grow a little bit at the start when your aerobic capacity is increased and you've still got plenty of body fat to perhaps use as stored energy. But the reality is you're, you're, you're not going to be building any significant amount of muscle tissue. So especially like three, four or five weeks out, adding another set is the, the, the worst thing you could possibly be doing. You've got to think like, I think a lot of natural bodybuilders have this annoying thing where they think, it's okay to be small. It's not okay to be small. And a lot of natural bodybuilders look small on Instagram and then other people will look at them and see, oh, it's all natural bodybuilders are small. No, they fucking aren't. Look at Rich Godzecki. He's not small. Look at Dave K. He's not small. Like these guys aren't small. Um, and actually, um, Rich, as much as he is a very high volume trainer, he is aware of the fact that his total work does have to come down a bit towards the end. Um, cause we were talking about that. I was like, does, I was like, does your programming change at all? Do you just, do you just smash it the whole way through? And he was like, no, two, three weeks out. I do tend to do a little less. I found that works well. You know, that's that he's not looked at a textbook to find that out. He's done years and years of competing to like anecdotally find that, that, that is makes sense. It does make sense. You know, your recovery capacity is going down. Your volume has to follow suit. Um, so yeah, to answer, to answer your question, maybe a little bit, but but not a not a not a huge amount. Um, had a little bit of a a question for you for yourself. So with your um, with your deadlifts, like a lot of people will find that you know they'll get they get a movement and it just like sometimes it will be going really really well, sometimes it won't be going well. Like I know how frustrated you got with with the deadlift itself. Like how 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 did you deal with those like first that first few sets of the session where the the first movement is just wank because a lot of people will maybe throw away the logbook just leave the session go home or some people will just get really annoyed and then try and push too hard and injure themselves like how 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 did you deal with the sessions where you were actually regressing the deadlift so especially with the deadlift i always say if the deadlift is shit, the whole session's ruined. I've said that. I always say that. If, if deadlift goes well, it's a 10 out of 10 session. Despite the rest of it going terrible, it'll still be a 10 out of 10 session. In my <laughs> if that doesn't go well, if I regress, don't mind maintaining, if I regress, awful session. Uh, and what I've been doing, especially the last couple of weeks where it's just been stalling, is I've just kind of taken myself outside, believe it or not. I've taken a bit of fresh air, kind of gathered all my thoughts, because when I do go into that next movement, which is a pendulum, you know, my head's got to be on for that as well. And if I'm still thinking about that deadlift going into the pendulum, I never perform correctly. Mm. So I actually got aside and just take like two, three minutes, even maybe five minutes and just kind of regather everything and then just go into it, kind of forget what I just did and pretend like this is the rest of the session. Um, and that seems to be working right now in all honesty. So I, I still think about it in the back of my mind, really. I'll, I'll get home. I think those fucking deadlifts. Um, but sometimes, like, like we said, we need to be honest with ourselves. And despite me absolutely loving the deadlift and it makes me really nervous and anxious and my anxiety levels are just through the roof when I do it. I love that feeling. I think sometimes we have to take a step backwards like you are yourself with the, the deadlift and implement something else for a period of time because the deadlift's always going to be there. It's just 
you keep burying it into the ground and if you'll keep regressing like and the overall goal is to you know be the biggest and best version of yourself do you really just want to keep regressing on a movement keep it going backwards is it really worth it and then in that situation you're thinking yes 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 i want to do a deadlift but when you take your when you take a step outside of that and actually realize you think actually nice it's, it's deadlift you can do another variation you know and, and build that up and come back to it because like i said the deadlift's always going to be there um is that similar to you at all what are you like when deadlift or a movement regresses what, what, what yeah. are you I think I, th- I think I'm the same in terms of like the overall rating of the session. But definitely, just I, I take a lot of my quality of the session from how well the the big the big movement has gone. Because ultimately, I, I know that that like sort of bang for your buck is the greatest with that movement. So I know that if if that moves forwards, then that's doing me a, a load of good comparative to like a bicep curl or a leg extension moving forwards, like. I just know that there's so much more weight in that movement than, than there is in anything else. So much more quality. So I do get frustrated, 100%. I even got frustrated yesterday when I matched my top set and then progressed my back off. I was still not happy with that. And I think that the reality is, like, we got to realise that progression is not, is not simply linear and there is, there is a lot of ways you can make linear progression happen by just sandbagging. But if, if you were sandbagging and like, so what I mean by sandbagging, if no one knows what sandbagging means, it just means like basically doing less than you can maximally do. So like I've seen it time and time again, people will make a last rep look really, really hard. So they'll do like a set of five and the fifth one on a, a squat or a deadlift, they'll, 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 the, the bar speed will go from like really, really quick to quite slow. Mm. And, and trust me, I know what it's like because I did a year of sandbagging all of my lifts in 2015. I sandbagged pretty much everything. I was adding two and a half kilos to my squat every single week, pretty much without fail. Um, And I went from like a 150, 160 squat for like four or five reps and took it to 197 and a half for four or five reps. So it definitely works. And there is benefits to sandbagging in terms of, powerlifting and all-time strength the reason being is that there's a lot of reason to suggest that accruing volume is beneficial the specificity of that lift is going to be increased because you're doing it more often and also you're limiting the um, degree of damage to joints tendons and ligaments by slowly overloading with more load or more reps so you're not taking as many jumps as you might if you were really pushing the limits um, that's not to say that all powerlifters train like that because they don't. You know, a lot of them train with you know sub max. Some of them train max effort. Like it just depends as to what sort of cycle they're on. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, it's just like for for me, I think I always obviously want to push things to the max. Now that I've got into that sort of training mentality, um, there'll be sets that are easier. There'll be sets that are, that, that are really really hard. But, I know when I've pulled a deadlift, I knew on the sixth rep of that 220, there wasn't going to be another one that would happen unless I really wanted to fuck some shit up. Mm. And for me, one rep on a deadlift to then herniate my lower back, like herniate a disc or tear a glute, it's just not fucking worth it. Mm. Um, I'd much rather have an operable body than um, get an extra rep on a deadlift. Um, But that's not to say that I don't take risks. I think you've got to take risks now and again. I think if there's a if there's a greater chance of you getting it and you know that there's maybe a 60-40 chance in favor of you getting it, I'd probably go for that rep. But if it's any less than 50, then you're probably just better off not going for it. Um, and then like dealing with the, 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 the fact that it's happened, is I just always think rationally. I, I think backwards. So for example, yesterday on the 220, it was really annoying because the warm-ups felt fantastic. They felt so good, like 200 kilos came off the flight. Nothing, 180 felt like, felt like 140, just ridiculous. Um, and I was like, okay, I'm I'm almost I'm I'm definitely gonna be pulling seven reps. And I knew like after the second rep, I was like, this is speedy like off the floor, but I can't. I'm not gonna be able to lock out seven because my hips were just not springy as they should be at the top. I think the, the bar path was a little bit off as well. And it's just like, uh, 
Mm-hmm. Um, but but that day we'd like gone bowling at like one p.m. and then I trained at three p.m. Um, it wasn't like me and Danny that went bowling. It was me, Cuba, um, the Giant, and um, Magic Eye Media because it was for um, Jamie's YouTube channel. So that will probably be out soon. It was just it was just a good bit of fun to be honest. And fucking Jamie Johar was like an absolute monster at bowling. He's like got all the technique down. Like he can, like he does the whole thing with his back leg, puts his back leg in like a cross leg position. I'm like, what the fuck? And he just like bowls it super, super fast in like a, a straight, like a direct straight line. And he got like, I think he got like four or five strikes. Wow. Insane. Um, so I was expecting him to not be that good because he was tall, but yeah, he was quality. So um, I didn't, I, and then I sort of like thought back and you know rationalised it, and I was like, okay, well, kind of makes sense why I didn't didn't progress. You know, I had a little bit of a different routine. Actually, ate a different pre workout meal and ate really close to training as well. So, you know, like it wasn't probably the best day for it. In all honesty, but it is what it is. Um, and then I just think, right, what's the next best step? Had the deadlift in since August. Like, what's that? Six months ish. Um, ish, yeah, yeah, it's about six months, isn't it? Fucking hell, been in this, been in this house half a year. It's insane, man. Um, so yeah, I think it's the best, best thing to like remove it, bring it out, put the RDL in for a bit, because when we're thinking about it going into prep as well, like it makes more sense to do something that's gonna be like moving forwards a little bit to give me like a little bit of a positive movement rather than going into prep and like battling a movement i'd rather not battle a movement straight away you know like it's on it's like it's on its final threads even in off season so i'm taking away calories and recovery capacity and i'm still got a lift that's on its last legs not really a good idea so there's two lifts that gotta go it's the high incline dumbbell and it's the deadlift both of those are on their last legs and I'm not surprised. I've been in for a fucking while. So um, the high incline, the, so the deadlift's going to be RDL, and the high incline's going to be we're getting the um, the proper Nautilus shoulder press. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to that. We're getting the plate loaded one, so that'll come I think in like eight nine days. Mm. So yeah, you're very lucky. You both you have a fair chunk of different pieces of kit. You know, movements you can do, and that's a that's a real good benefit being at Ultraflex. They have loads of different mm. shit. You can just play out and bring something in, which is good. Um, but no, with with what you said, I I, I agree. Um, especially when you're going into a prep now, you need to be way smarter with these type of movements. Mm. Um, you know, you're not going to hold your deadlift it's very very. No, you, I don't think you'll even hold. You know. The, like you said to me once, we were about 180, you just expect to drop down, you know, your deadlift maybe yeah. at the end of prep, something like that. Um, I mean, I don't like to set like an idea in my head because the thing is I'm going to lose probably 40 pounds. Probably gonna, by the end of the prep, I'm probably going to lose around about 40 pounds. As much as people like to say, oh, I don't think you've got 40 pounds to lose, I probably have. Probably yeah. got about 40 pounds to lose. So, you know, maybe not by the qualifier, but by the finals, I think I'll be about 40 pounds down. Um, that's what I'm estimating anyway. Yeah. So with that being said, that means that I've got to, I've got to drop some level of strength, like to be 40 pounds lighter and retaining 220 for six. It's not really going to happen, is it? You know, um, like I know there's people out there that would disagree. Um, I know Keefe's put on his story multiple times that, he seemingly doesn't drop any strength during prep. And he said, I think once he said he actually got stronger. Um, I'd love to see what that is on paper. Like I'd love to see what that actually is. Like, like what his deadlift was at the start of prep and at the end of prep. I'd love to see that. I'd like to see him do it this year because he's now pulling, what was it? 305 for one. I'd like to see him do that at stage weight. You know, I would like to see that happen because I don't, as much as I love him, and I think that's he's more than possible because he's a fucking animal. Mm. I don't think that's necessarily something that should be preaching to everyone. 
because I don't think I don't think many people are going to be able to do that without getting colossal fucking injury. Because um, let's face it, you know, you're he's going to be a lighter individual. He's probably I think he's probably going to be thirty pounds lighter or something like that on stage shape. And that's you know like a power if a powerlifter was to drop thirty pounds from their competition weight and they was they were the same strength mm. or or stronger then there's something fucking wrong about the competition weight because their wilks would be a lot better if they were th- in bodybuilding stage condition which is not not happening. Um, weight moves so, weight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, all for it, all for it. Every, everyone on powerlifting stage will have shredded glutes next. Um, <laughs> But but yeah, mate. I think <clears throat> I'm. I, I mean, I'm. I'm equally not. Not. I'm not looking forward to that aspect that much. But I, I like. I think what you got to do when you train in deficit is just focus on trying to enjoy the the battle of strength retention. Like, and that's what you've got to focus on. Is because it, it does become a battle of strength retention, not a battle of strength progression. Um, and if you focus on that battle and you keep your form all in check. Um, you manipulate rep ranges so that you're not doing much, much low rep range work. I'm not a big believer of doing like anything really below a six during prep. It's just way too risky for joints, tendons, and ligaments. And it's just not going to give you much bang for your buck either. It's probably going to end up fucking you up more than it is going to build you or grow you. So you're better off just avoiding that kind of rep range. Um, and uh, and yeah, as long as you're sensible, you can retain a decent amount of strength. Um, I'm not expecting to drop a huge amount straight away. That's for sure. I think some things will actually get better. Yeah, I mean, I found when I was a prep, prep like my higher rep stuff got better. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. I imagine it will, mate. You know, as you get fitter. <clears throat> I mean, the breeze. I remember when I was training with Nathan um, in during prep, and he was like 50 pounds heavier than me at the time, and. I was just ready to go. He was just recovering from his set, and I was like, "I'm ready to go, ready to go." And his higher rep stuff—it's uh, just unfortunately the the heavier, lower rep stuff, as you say—it does batter you. But you can still can improve numbers. Like my pendulum, it was the best. I finished prep, and it was the higher rep stuff was the best it's ever been. Um, in yeah. terms of like doing the the easy 15s, 20 reppers, I was just breezing for it. Yeah. Now I do struggle a little bit with the higher rep stuff. I'm still pretty fit, I would say. So I still obviously still implement some sort of cardio, but there are benefits to getting leaner in towards your endurance in other movements and things like that. I'd see yeah. that coming. hundred um, percent. But no, generally I, like you said, enjoy, enjoy the process a little bit more and just accept that is going to happen for most people. You know, you aren't going to ma- maintain your numbers or, or hold your numbers. Mm. Unfortunately it is going to go backwards, but always, just kind of think about right if I can not go back to where I was beforehand like if I can always just be that little bit stronger I think that's a that's a win for sure yeah um, it's just so annoying because you work so fucking hard in your off season to gain an extra rep an extra rep on the deadlift or an extra rep on your squat or whatever it may be and sometimes it just fucks off like that fucks off like that and you think mm-hmm. I've to work in my off season to get really really strong for when I do diet down for it to just like <clears throat> that's the yeah. side of it um but there's not much you can do about it in my honest opinion there really isn't um yeah. agreed I was, so, gonna, um, I was gonna ask you about you know obviously you're starting prep on saturday what this saturday isn't it yeah this saturday yeah. so where are we starting off with things in terms of <clears throat> nutrition cv training sure. that all gonna remain the same or what's what's going on with that sure so first of all training very simple it's gonna stay the same for now um I think the split. I think the split just works well. Um, so for for anyone interested, it's push, pull, off, legs off, repeat. So one week works out to be uh, four training days, and then the next week's five, and the next week's four, next week's five. You get the picture. So um, just to quickly, quickly say something come on that. How do you feel in terms of because we we spoke about this on like a check in or a chat once. Yeah. How do you feel about Obviously, what, we, what I was doing on prep was like three days on one day off. And now you mentioned with your clients, you don't actually get them to train more than two days uh, before yeah. taking the rest. How do you feel towards that in, in a contest prep? Um, because, of course, you know, it does your head in taking loads of rest day. Like, I, when I used to take a rest day, I was fucking, um, my head was just going mad. But now, obviously, you'll be taking more rest days, especially at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, will you make any changes? How do you feel towards that? Um, yeah. 
I mean, I, I think I've just got to head into it with the mindset that it's a positive thing. I get more time to like, you know, focus on my check-ins, do my work, do any setups. I'm lucky that, you know, I'm, I'm relatively busy with the coaching side of things and with the membership site. So I've got plenty to be doing. So it's not like I'm going to be sitting at home doing nothing on rest days. Um, I think I've just got to appreciate the rest. Um, and I already know that it's going to make a good difference. Um, I think like fullness will be better. I won't be so sort of flat all the time and stringy from basically just having like constant depletion of glycogen through training. Um, I think overall stress will be lower as a result of just not beating my body up so much. Um, when I start to get like more positive feedback from looking at my aura ring and like if my aura ring starts telling me, okay, you're ready, you're ready, you're ready, you're ready, you're ready. Like your readiness is always good. I think it will start telling me that about three, four weeks into prep when my sleep improves. Cause right now because of the calories being so high and my body weight being so high, my, my sleep isn't brilliant. It's not, it's not awful. Don't get me wrong, but it's not as good as it can be because I know that I'm not getting decent REM and decent deep sleep because of just being heavier and because of eating too late and too close to bed, because I'm not, I'm otherwise not going to fit my calories in without being a bloated mess. Um, cause I have to eat too close together. So yeah, eating less food and Danny even noticed it. Like she wasn't in our colossal, colossal amount of food, but she dropped her calories and her sleep massively improved. Um, just from having like less digestive processes, so I think once I get a little bit more recovery, I might go up a little bit in frequency. The only thing I'll be changing would be going like five days a week every week. I wouldn't be any going go any higher than five days. Um, I think gone gone for me are the days of being able to train six days a week. I just don't think I'd be able to do it anymore um, unless I trained like a pussy, basically. So I've got two options. Train how I want to train, train five days or four days a week, or train like a melt and train six days a week. So, you know, like two choices really um and yeah i think i've just like learned a lot of lessons on frequency i think you probably would have looked better if you weren't training so frequently to be honest i think you could have trained a lot less um or a little bit less should i say um probably retained a little bit more strength retained a bit more fullness kind of thing so i think there's definitely merit to it I'll obviously like you know and at the end of the day this isn't going to be my last bodybuilding prep. I'm going to do several others. So if this isn't the right approach for me, I'll learn, you know, if I, if I don't look as good as I thought I was going to look on this approach, I'll just change it next time. But the reality is I'm, you know, I'm training harder than ever. I'm still training a decent amount of time. It's not like I've dropped my frequency in half. I've mm-hmm. taken away like one session one once a week because most of my, well, not in my last prep, but most of my off season, I've been training five days a week. Um, um, in my last prep, I was training six days a week for the majority of it. Um, and that was six days in a row. Um, and that was just, I don't, I just don't know how I did it to be honest. I mean, obviously it worked a little bit because I ended up looking all right, but I almost questioned myself, how much better am I going to look this, this time by being smarter? Um, and you know, not training like with just crazy frequency and obviously dropping a load of strength as a result of training with too high frequency. Um, so yeah, and I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to it in general. I mean, I know that the rest days will suck because I don't like not going to the gym. I do really like training. So I'd be lying if I said, I'm really, I'm not tempted to go up to five days a week every week. So that would be like a three days on one day off, two days on one day off approach. Which I think I think I, I think at some point I'm going to be able to get away with that, um, <clears throat> especially as I get a little bit weaker, and the overall sort of like systemic fatigue, full body fatigue, mm. is a little bit less. I think I'll be able to get away with that. Um, I think that would be a smart idea. <clears throat> but for now, I've just got to stick with what I've what I've got because it's working. Um, calories wise, so bear in mind I'm maintaining at the moment. Um, so I'm simply just going to I'm just going to drop 500 calories. Um, I'm going to drop into a, what would be a 500 calorie deficit. Um, I think that would be perfect in terms of just creating the rate of loss that I need. If it's not, I'll, I'll create more of a deficit. Um, my steps every day at the moment on my aura ring, anywhere between seven and a half and 12,000. So it just depends how much I walk Barney really. 
If I go for a little bit of a longer walk with him, it'll be close to 10, 12,000. If I don't walk him so much, it'll be like seven, seven and a half, because it's just the steps I do in the gym and then my pre-workout walk. Um, but I'm just going to make sure I hit 10,000 every day. Um, and if I go a bit above that, fine, but I'm not going to go above 12 and a half thousand. If I start going above 12 and a half thousand, I've taken an adjustment because anything above two and a half, two thousand above my goal, I see as like something I could have changed later on. Yeah. So I could have gone from 10 to 15 and then kept it at 15. I won't be going above 15,000 steps. Mark my words in this podcast. If I, if I say to you, George made a change this week and we went up 20,000 steps, I best have a fucking good reason for it because <laughs> I shouldn't, I shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. Um, I think that's a little bit too much. Uh, I think my legs will suffer in terms of fullness for that. No um, power, power walks like you used to do before. Your morning power walk and then your evening power yeah. walk. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I think there's a possibility that that could happen because the reality is it's a relatively low impact form of cardio that at some point, if I need to get my heart rate up, I could do that. But yeah. that would then, that would, that would be counting towards my steps, but also be a higher like a higher intensity form of, of doing my steps. Um, but at the start, there's no, no fucking way in hell that I'm doing that. Um, I'll be, I'll be doing just my steps at a normal pace. Um, very leisurely taking Barney out for walks, things like that. Just, just chilled step sitting. So I don't need to do anything different. I don't need to do fast pace yet. Mm. Um, uh, so yeah, cal- calories wise, about 500 calorie drops on, on training days and non-training days. So, Calories wise, roughly that will bring my training days just inside of 3,000 calories. So it'll probably be the high end of 3,000 calories, um, like 37 ish, 38 ish. Because um, I'm like 4243 at the moment on a training day. It, it can range, it can go like on a leg day, I might eat up to four and a half. On a day where I've done a bit more steps, I might eat up to four and a half. Um, on a day where I've done less steps and I've just trained push, I might be at four two. And this is something that I definitely think, I don't think I need to do it straight away. I'll let you know if I do, but I don't think I need to do it straight away. But later in the prep, I'm definitely going to have separate macros for the days where I do like a big hip hinge on pull and leg days. I'm definitely going to have different macros because for sure I burn more calories on those days. If I deadlift or RDL, I spend an hour doing that. If I squat, I do it. I spend an hour doing that. So I, I probably need a little bit more calories on those days. Um, so I'll probably have separate macros for those days, but probably not at the stars. It's no reason, real, real reason to do that straight away. Um, just creating a linear deficit. Um, and then cardio will be 35 minutes. Um, and that will just be on the day that doesn't fall before leg day. So on the split, it'll be push, pull, off, legs, off. On that second off day, the day after legs, I'll do the cardio then every every day on that day. Um, so I'll end up being every push, pull, off, legs, off, every five days, mm-hmm. 35 minutes of cardio. Um, the reason why I'm not doing it anything else or anymore is just because, well, one, I won't need it. Um, and two, I don't want to interrupt leg performance for as long as I can. So as long as I can just keep that 35 minutes cardio on, on that day, I'll just keep it there and it will serve the same purpose as like what it's doing when I do it at the moment. However, I haven't been really doing it that often at the moment because I just want the rest on the rest days really, mate. I just don't really want to go to the gym. And that sounds a bit weird, but I want to just remove myself from the gym for the rest days and like just focus on doing work and things like that rather than going back into the gym environment and that, that would mean that I'm there like every, like as much as I love training, I don't really love going to the gym just to do cardio. Mm. Um, and in future, when my cardio goes up, I'll probably sign up to the anytime fitness, which is like just down the road. Um, and I'll go do it there because I just, I, I want to be in, I want to have that environment ultraflex just, just for my weight training. Um, just to focus on when I'm there, I'm training with weights, like bottom line. <laughs> Exactly what I did. I did mine at Pure Gym. And then, uh, yeah, exactly the same thing, isn't it? Okay. Um, um, cardio, you do, will you be doing the Stairmaster? No, no. I'll do, I'll do the cross trainer at the start, I think. Um, a lot of people think, obviously, you know, I've said it before, Stairmaster's good, but I think 
keeping off that for the time being is a smart plan because it's a tool, you know, it's, it's an intense form of cardio. It's a high impact form of cardio. It's going to use your legs. Yes. That could be beneficial in some ways because it could, you know, create some stimulatory effect in the legs, but it's probably going to lose you muscle off your legs. If you do it too often, um, this is something again, that I think just I've learned, I think it interrupts training performance on your legs a little bit too much. I think at some point I will have to use it because I'm going to have to like get moving a little bit faster and get my heart rate up. And I won't be able to do that on the cross trainer. There's no way I'll be able to get my cross, my, my heart rate up to 140 uh, to one one forty to one sixty on a cross trainer. Mm. Um, I'll be, I'll be too fit within probably a month. And then I'll just go on like level seven on the Stairmaster and, and see if I can, just maintain a steady 140 to 160. And as long as it doesn't go above 160, then I'm, I'm good. But as soon as it goes above 160, then I'm working more anaerobically than I am aerobically. And I'm just absolutely shitting all over my recovery. So mm. it's just not worth it. And this is something, again, that I've just nailed into my clients this year that, you know, cardio is not a competition. Let's not try and go faster on the stairmaster. You know, it's like, these are all things that we learned through your prep, mate. And I think, you know, a lot of people will say, oh, well, you know, you should have learned this before George. I'm like, well, the thing is that, you know, you meet, you, you don't meet many people as crazy as you mate. <laughs> you know, you don't me- meet many people that want to force themselves to, to fucking run up a stairmaster. So you learn these lessons through, you know, meeting people that have got crazy mentalities. Um, Cause before that I wasn't used to telling people, you know, hold up, <laughs> slow down. <laughs> I uh, didn't, didn't used to have to tell people that people just did their cardio at a steady pace. Um, <laughs> no, I came about crying. Not you. <laughs> um, so yeah, does that, does that pretty much explain everything for the start point? Yeah, I think it does. I think that makes it clear. I, I understand. I think most people understand if I can understand if they don't. Yeah. Fucking Christ. Um, yeah. No, rate, rate of loss wise, rate of loss wise, I'd like to lose uh, the 1% end for a good month. So I'll be taking off like 1.9 pounds a week mm. on average for the first, for the first chunk. Yeah. Obviously the first week I'll sort of ignore because it's just going to be like just fluid moving around and reductions in carbohydrates and things like that. So I will make it, I was, I was thinking I could just remove just like all fats at the start, but I think I am going to make a, a small carbohydrate reduction because I think there is something to be said of the like the 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 the, the visual look that you will get from like removing a little bit of carbohydrates. Like, I think I need that little bit of like fluid drop mm. as well as like as as well as removing calories. Obviously, <clears throat> I think I need a little bit of that that first initial sort of fluid drop from carbohydrates. Obviously, if I make too much of an adjustment, I'll I'll bump them back up a little bit, but. Um, I think they will be able to stay pretty high the whole prep. I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't know. You know, I could, could end up having to get really low to be honest. I don't really care to be honest. It's all the same thing, whether I'm on 200 grams of carbs, 200 grams of carbs at the back end of prep, I'm going to feel like shit anyway. So it doesn't really matter what food I'm on. It's just, it is what it is. Um, but I'm going to obviously try and hold on to as much food as I can. That's what, that's what I was like. People ask me, how was I dieting on, you know, 2,400 calories, whatever. It doesn't, either way, if I was on 1,700, I'd still feel the exact same every single day. Still feel like utter shit. Yeah. Like, you know, when I was on my, re, um, my days where, you know, I was having refeeds, yeah, I did feel a little bit better, but I still felt shit, you know. Even on reverse calories, still felt shit. You know, you're never going to be content or never feel happy because you're just so low when when you're dug out deep and, and lean you're just gonna you're not gonna feel good until you start gaining body weight again unfortunately so either way you just gotta suck it up and get on with it yeah still be food focused still be everything it's just like kilo water now you know um cool have you got any other questions for me or should we um i, I I've, I've done like a question box today and i haven't answered any of them so we could maybe just take some of these. Yeah. I mean, I've got a few questions, but uh, my question box. Yeah, we could take a few. I need to get it up. Um, a lot of coronavirus questions. 
Yeah, about bloody what will you do if you did the gym? Oh, no. The thing is, like, as much as like you know, we're very educated. Me and George and fitness professionals are probably not the best people to ask about the coronavirus. You know, I don't know shit about the coronavirus. Okay. I need to turn the light on here. It's, it's got dark all of a sudden, mate. Yeah. Oh, oh, Jesus. Ah. Right is. Oh. Wow. Okay. Christ. Um. <laughs> oh. I'm going to argue about the coronavirus. If coronavirus causes lockdown like Italy and can't go to the gym, what are you going to do? <laughs> so, what are you going to do? Yeah. Say I'm wank all day. <laughs> Get the fucking sock out. <laughs> yeah. To be fair. First next month, so anyone wants to buy me a sock, you're more than welcome. Uh, I don't, I, I don't know, mate. I think if if Jim's shut, if Jim's shut here, I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I think I'd call it a day on prep. I, I, I mean, mate, you know, they're say they're safe for a month. So what's happening in Italy at the moment is that the, they're quarantined a lot of things for a, for a whole month. Mm. If I cannot train for a whole month, I guarantee you I will look dog shit by the end of that month. I will look absolutely atrocious. I don't care what Davina McCall home workout I do. <laughs> I will not look fucking good. <laughs> I think the best bet is if you get quarantined, clear your fucking garage out, order some home gym equipment, work out in your garage. Simple. And yeah. That's that's all you can do. So spend the best part of ten grand, and it'll be good for a month. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that question. Unfortunately, I think if I stop training, even if I stop training for like three or four days, start looking like fucking shit. I just look so. It's three days, and I look absolutely. Especially when you deload four days. First couple of days, all right. Third day, you look at yourself in the mirror, you stand there naked. You know when you stand there naked, you look at yourself, you think, fuck it. <laughs> You look at yourself. You think, "What's going on here?" <laughs> Red is an attack of absolute shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, what else was I going to say on that topic? I think. Um, I think the thing is, like, I, 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 I don't know. I, I think it's, it's obviously the whole thing is is quite worrying in, in a way, but. Um, I think there's something probably bigger going on in the background that perhaps politically people are trying to hide or cover up or not let be exposed by, by, by what's going on. Cause if you read the news now, notice how every fucking article is that is coronavirus. Like everyone's obsessed with it. Nothing else going on. Whereas, you know, if there was something else going on in the world, like it would get attention. So I generally think, like, obviously it's real, but there's other shit going on probably that they're trying to, like, hide or cover up. There's quite a few conspiracy stories. I don't know if you've heard any of them, but there's, like, there's 5G conspiracies that 5G has caused it. Um, there's all of these fucking books. Josh Bridgman put on his story that someone predicted this. Apparently the Simpsons predicted it. It's just, like, it's weird shit. It makes you think, how safe are we really? Like, you know, is this some sort of, like, you know... I don't know. It's just weird, really weird. But to be honest, like it would, it makes sense that it would, it would be something that would be like developed in a lab and like used as a, as a weapon of war. Because if you created a virus that, that spread and just killed people, like that's a, that's a pretty crazy weapon, isn't it? Um, Game in school that actually spread a virus across the whole world. Literally the exact same like coronavirus. You start off in a country and it would try and infect the whole world with this virus. Wow. In different ways, this weird game I used to play in when I was back in school. I can't remember what it's called now. What's it called? Wuhan 400. <laughs> Fuck no, what it was called, but honestly, know. weird. And it's even like, even someone posted like a uh, picture of their, their dental spray they had in the garage or something like that. It's been left there for a year. Even on the back of the, like the tag bit I like hear, it actually said like coronavirus on it or something like that. Wow. Fuck Right. And they said that the Delta spray has been in the um, garage for about a year, which is fucking... Are you scared at all from it? Uh, a little it? bit, a little bit, especially considering like the last couple of days I've had a cough. <laughs> so um, 
I mean, the thing is, there's a lot going around at the moment anyway. Like, the thing that makes me less worried is that so many people have been sick. So I also think the statistics are pretty in favour of us being totally fine because we're, like, pretty fit and well. Um, and we know everything we can do to maximise our immune systems. Yeah. So the percentage rate of like us like looking to get into problem like like trouble is minuscule at the moment i mean it could get worse but they say there's might be like different strains of it but to be honest it is a bit of a nightmare in reality like i'd like to not wake up and see another coronavirus story mm-hmm. i'd like to be able to sign into youtube and not see breaking news of someone else dying like it's pretty horrible to be honest mm-hmm. um imagine like so imagine like everyone that was like i know it sounds brutal but imagine getting daily updates of everyone that was passing away from cancer like that's what we're experiencing in the moment with coronavirus it's like constant updates of like ill health and sadness and upset and you know people dying it's it's horrendous news it's horrible i hate the news for the best part but at the moment, I bloody like I can't I hate the news app on my phone. I hate when it slides up with another bloody update. It's just I don't I don't I don't like this kind of negativity. Um, so yeah, that that it doesn't necessarily scare me. It just upsets me a bit um, yeah. that the world's coming to this sort of situation. Um, but yeah, let's move on to a more positive note and ask some Formula One questions. So. <laughs> After watching F1 on Netflix, have you watched The Drive to Survive season two? No, I haven't. No, what the hell have you been doing, man? I don't sit and watch Netflix anymore. I've got. Oh, uh, but there are only like thirty-five minute episodes. You can watch it whilst you're eating a meal. Yeah, I know, but I've been watching Dragon's Den, mate. Oh, Dragon's but, Den. oh, but no, but no, That's so good, so good. You need to watch it, man. I'll watch it. So, but anyway, like, who, who, which driver are you rooting for the most this year in terms of like? You know, who do you want to see do well? Who do you want to see, like, be up and coming? Mm, to be fair, mate, um, I've always been, not going to lie, I've always been a Lewis fan. And what, I think he's, yeah. he's joint, or is he, is he joint with Schumacher? Is he one behind him at the moment? I think he might one be, behind. If he does it this year, he'll oh, be joint. I won't, I've got, obviously, I'm, I favour him because, obviously, I know, I mean, I know that he's got an advantage this year. I think it is, is it power steering or something like that something to do with steering DAS. yeah he's got das which is like the um uh system where the wheel comes back and forth and it changes the um alignment of the front wheels the front tires yeah and i know that's banned from next, next year season. yeah yeah so they might ban it during this year though i think i think he'll be very dominant this year again like he was last year um and I, I mean, last year I actually fell out of love with it even more because it was just same old stuff. Oh, Lewis, yep, Lewis, yep, Lewis. Um, there wasn't much <coughs> competition, but I'm starting to get back into it this year. So I'm, I'm rooting for Lewis because I do want him to beat Schumacher's record just because, you know, he's brought up around the corner from me in Stevenage, which is about 20 minutes from my house. So yeah. um, he's like a local boy, if you want to call it that. And yeah, I, I, think, he, I think he'll bring it home this year. You? Yeah, I mean, I agree that I think Lewis will win. But in terms of people that I want to see do well, I'd like to see Ricardo like be back up there with Renault. But I don't think it's realistic. Um, I'd like to see Lando doing well because I like Lando a lot. Um, I'd like to see Alex Alban get a podium because he got punted off by Lewis at um, Brazil, and he was like due to get third on that and like got taken away from him and he's he's a guy that I followed like loads during kind when I was racing um he was like top of cadets when I started pretty much getting into competitive karting um so and he seems like a nice lad as well and and the drive to survive like season shows you a little bit more of like behind the scenes with them like what's gone on with Alex's family in the past is crazy like he's had a really rough time with things so um I'd like to see him do well. And of course, I'd like to see George Russell do well. I'd like to see all the UK lads do well. But um, George is actually probably one of the most talented drivers on the grid. He's just in absolutely atrocious fucking car. Um, And I think he will be again this year, to be honest. The Williams will probably be again another shoddy, shoddy, shoddy car, um, which is a shame. But um, yeah, I think, and that answers another one of the questions. I think someone asked, I got like three, four questions about bloody F1 on here. 
Um, it, someone asked whether Mercedes will be dominant again. I think, yeah, they will. Highly doubt there's going to be anyone faster than them. I think what I should think they, they should do is put everyone in the same car, as hard as that is. And for me, that is, like, you'll get to see who's the best driver because it's, some of it is, is quite unfair, I think, from what I've seen. I mean, I don't follow it as much as what you do um, anymore, but from what, I, what I've seen, it's so unfair, some, some of it. Well, well, the thing is, this is what they're doing in, like, not, not, not next year, but next year will come with the budget caps. Yeah. So there'll be less with the bigger teams spending more money than anyone else, so that will be better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in 2023, <coughs> there's huge changes to the regulation of the cars. So mm-hmm. they're going to be able to follow a lot closer and be more competitive with each other. So by 2023, we should actually see a race which will include more than one overtake. <laughs> so yeah. Um, back onto bodybuilding. So okay, I should have probably said that a little bit later. I actually didn't have a question ready. <laughs> uh, how, how how do you train someone to be a good spotter? Uh, I I always tell beforehand. I always tell the spotter, look, do not touch me unless I say. Um, and sometimes they, sometimes they do that. Sometimes they completely just ignore what I've just said and just, when I am struggling, but I just know I'm going to get it. They just all of a sudden, and I'm just like, I had a guy the other day, I was doing a flat bar with bench press and uh, I was just about to get a sixth rep on. It was just going to be a better, one rep more than what I did last time. And uh, he just grabbed, just grabbed, grabbed the bar and uh, told me go again. I just went again and I, I, I go again, I just wrapped it. I was like, no, nah, this is taking the piss. Because that sick one was going to be just me. I'd have been happy. Just about got it, which is good. Then he, he, he didn't count it. I just put five and a half. Fucking annoying. It would have been six. I'd have, I'd have, you know when you struggle there for like five seconds getting up? I'd have happily done that. You know, really yeah, struggled. Yeah. I got it. But he just took it off me. And I was like, I told him not before. I told him before, don't do that. And he did it. Yeah, it's just like, let me struggle for a bit. You fucking cunt. <laughs> you could for example um i even say this i was getting spotted by wes the other day and uh he's right over my face and he actually spat in my eye and it actually made me and basically i went like this i fl- it made me it made me my eye twitch because it actually went directly in my eye whilst barbell bench pressing spat right in my face right in my right in my eye I had my one eye whilst bench pressing, you know, coordination was all over the place. Like, uh-huh. Yeah, literally. I was like, I didn't say anything afterwards, but. No. Excuse, excuse me, mate. He's <laughs> And it was there as well. It weren't like, I could actually see like, you know, the drizzle coming out onto my face. It, so it was like a spray. Spray, sprayed right all on my face. I was thinking. <laughs> And this was what midway through a, 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 my set, I was thinking, he just spat in my face. And I'm thinking, I need to continue. And just threw me right off. At least it didn't, at least it didn't like, drop into your mouth. And you're like, <laughs> <laughs> that, that intra set fluid. He dropped, he dropped a bit of his intra workout into your mouth. <laughs> so, fucking. I'm not that. Uh, okay, I got another good question. Um, so this is. Opinion on Clen for losing fat, is it considered as juice? <laughs> it's like, it's like, why do people ask these fucking questions? Stupid. Is it considered juice? I swear juice? someone asked you the other week about bloody taking Clen as a natural athlete, and you was like, yeah. no. Um, <laughs> someone asked Joe that, didn't they? Yeah, something like that. But he, would, he wouldn't be natural anymore. Um, I think, yeah. I think, I think my opinion on Clen Butroff for losing fat is that if you want to use it and you're assisted, fair play. But if you want to uh, use it and compete naturally, you're, you've got some issues. Yeah. Absolutely. <coughs> yeah, just use your him bean. I mean, it's practically the same thing, isn't it? <laughs> um, I've not really got any more other ones, just stupid ones, which I'll get now, which I'm kind of enjoying, but pissed. I don't know how long we've been going for. I think an hour, pretty much. Jesus bloody Christ. Um, 
<clears throat> Someone said, what's happened to the podcast with George? It's here. It's back. Don't know what you're talking about. It's never gone. <laughs> Perfectly consistent. Um, we, will be, we will be consistent. Yeah, we will be, yeah. <laughs> um, someone asked about like their lower back feeling really shot after RDLs. Should they suck it up or is, is their form form bad? I've always said if you are finishing a set and your lower back or like you're deadlifting or RDM and your lower back is absolutely fried, I think something's wrong in my opinion. I've always said that. So it could be your technique, it could be just little things like, you know, I got, I got my lower back released the other week and since then I've had no issues at all with it. Um, little things like that could be posture, could be imbalances, weak glute, it could be whatever, but something's wrong, I think. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree. Yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, I think we'll leave the podcast here. It's been a good one. Next week we'll be back and I will have lost several LBs. You'll be leaving the face and I'll be fucking throwing out my fan right now. Hopefully I might have a blonder beard next time, but who knows. Are you growing the natural stuff out now? Yeah, does it look more blonde? It does look a bit more blonde. It's hard to tell in the light though. Yeah. Hey guy, that's blonde. Yeah, 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 it is. It's good news. Being Natty George now. (laughs) You've got the hair, the um, top knot gone as well. I think it looks a lot better, to be honest. Yeah. Although, are you gonna probably go? Are you gonna go any shorter than that? You're gonna keep it sort of that length. I'm going short. I'm gonna go quite skinhead soon. Hey. Mm. Yeah. Keep the beard and go skinhead. Are you know. actually? Is that serious? Swear down. Yeah. Swear down. Because my hairline's getting worse. I don't do anything other than wear hats. Um. And I know I'm gonna lose my hair. So I just I'm that type of person that I don't see why people walk around and they've got like a ball patch that holding onto the hair when they're just gonna lose it. Just shave it off. Yeah. Oh, I mean, you could get, get could get a hair transplant, but um, probably not worth it. No, in my opinion, not really worth it. So. Not at your age. Nah, I might probably, like, probably shave my hair off completely. I think, to be honest, I think it would look good. Yeah, I think it's gonna. I think it'll take some good, good, good period of time to get used to. I think you might look like a bit of an egg at, at first, <laughs> um, but then it will. I think, think then it will take shape. I mean, Cuba, like, I think he, he kept a little bit of the hair on the top for a while. And it looks, I think he definitely looks better with it, just clean shaved. The, the, the best one, he used to just have a tash. That's fucking <laughs> immense. He needs to bring that back. With the beard now. Yeah. yeah, I mean, off season, it does look better with the beard. But I think on stage, he would stand out with the tash. Yeah. I mean, yes, look like a bit of a pedo, but <laughs> he'd also look fucking sick. At the same time, yeah, I'd agree. All um, right, then, yep, yeah, I'm gonna eat because I'm hungry. Yeah, all right, guys, thanks for watching, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>